at the dance, so to speak. He took my get-up for fancy dress. I was frightfully sunburnt, too, after a month at the sea, and that lent colour to the idea. Anyway, it occurred to me that if he was taken in, other people might be, and if they were, why shouldn't I have a drink? You may think it was rather unconventional, but you've no idea how hot it was. At all events, we went down the stairs to the supper room and had some very excellent champagne cup. While we were having it, a girl came up and spoke to the man I was with. She was dressed as a... Well, it's rather hard to say what she was dressed as, because she hardly was, but she certainly was what is vulgarly known as a peach. She said, Eric, I've been looking for you everywhere, and here you are, drinking. He said, Let me introduce you to Miss Blake. I think he said she was his cousin. And we got her some champagne cup, and then all the three of us sat in a quiet corner and talked. As soon as we felt a little less parched, she said, What about dancing? Eric didn't seem very keen, so she asked me what did I think about it. Well, I really didn't see why not, having got so far. So I danced with her for the best part of an hour. We chatted about various things, including our hostess. Why did I think she didn't get married again? I said, Oh, I don't know. People don't always. Not knowing who our hostess was, I had to be rather noncommittal. Then, Miss Blake, that's my partner, you know, got onto the subject of our hostess's daughter. There were apparently some funny stories going the rounds about her gambling and so on, and there'd be a bust-up if she wasn't careful. I just said, oh yes, and left it at that. I never like listening to scandal unless it's about people I know, and it was so difficult not to give myself away. Dancing wasn't too easy either. You'd try it in Turkish slippers and no socks on with a girl who really can. I wasn't sorry when she suggested a breather, but I did not expect to have to go out into the road for it. However, that was considered the Tony thing to do. Other people were doing it too, so it couldn't be helped. We went for a walk along Bayswater Road and down Palace Gardens. I must say it felt a bit strange. Of course, we've all dreamt of being out in, say, Oxford Street, unsuitably clad, but it's quite another thing to go and do it in real life, and play the fool as well. We very nearly went for a ride on the top of a bus, only neither of us had any money. I was very thankful to get back without both of us being run in. But she was an amusing child. She told me a most gruesome story, quite proper and all that. It was about an old servant of theirs who left and got married. After about a year, the husband unfortunately went and died, which was awful bad luck on the wife, just when she got used to seeing him about the house, and she thought she'd miss him. Well... The wife had a brother who was a bird stuffer. Mind you, this is perfectly ridiculous, because it would never have been allowed for a moment, but she swore it was true. She got this brother to, uh, exercise his talent, and afterwards they dressed up the wretched husband in his best Sunday clothes and mounted him in an armchair in her sitting room. Great success. They gave an at-home for him. People came from miles around. But one fine day, she went dashing round to the neighbours in a great state. She said, do come and look at Mr. Steele. He's begun to crack. She told me another story too, 
but there was just a hint of the macabre about it, so I won't repeat it. It was nearly midnight when we did get back to the hotel, and I was beginning to feel rather sleepy, having been on the go all day. So, after one more foxtrot, I restored my partner to Eric and escaped up to my room. When I came to switch on the light over the bed, it wouldn't. The filament of the lamp had evidently gone. So I took the one out of the fitting over the dressing table and shoved that on instead. Then I settled down to read in bed for a few minutes, as I often do. It's a shocking habit, but I'm not as bad as a certain friend of mine. He does all his reading in bed over his wife's shoulder. I can't understand how he manages at all. Every now and then, she moves an arm or something and blots out five left-hand pages running. That isn't all. During the day, she reads perhaps 30 pages entirely on his own, and he never sees those at all.